Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway. Like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, and welcome once again to History Dweebs. I am Tim. And the topic of our podcast today is America's youngest serial killer, um, known as the boy fiend, Jesse Pomeroy. He was a young man who, uh, at the turn of the century, or late at the end of the 19th century, um, did a lot of bad, bad things, and uh, including murder. And we're going to talk about his dastardly deeds. But before we do, let me introduce our panel of experts. Uh, when I developed this uh, podcast, I looked uh, near and far to come up with a panel that is diverse, intelligent, uh, articulate, but I couldn't find those What word was that? <laughs> articulate. I couldn't find those folks. So instead, I have the very talented, but instead I have the very talented and lovely, the Empress of Evil, the Queen of Mean, the Mistress of the Macabre, and Satan's Dirty Little Secret. And Satan's Dirty Little Flower. Brandy. <laughs> How are you, Brandy? I was better before I heard that. How was Disney on Ice? Disney on Ice was Disney on Ice. It doesn't get any better. It just is what it is. Did Goofy do a triple axle? Uh, he might have done a triple sow cow if I knew what any of that was. No. Okay. But I wasn't paying that much attention. Did they have anybody famous there? No. Goofy. Oh, Mickey, Mickey Mouse. Did, was Mickey Mouse there? Mickey Mouse. He was. They signed autographs? I don't know. I don't know. I paid $22 for a light-up sword. Oh, wow. That's all I know. Yeah, they kind of rob you at those things. Boy, they do. They do. I think my niece to... Nothing sacred. Uh, Ringling and Brothers one time, and it was like, a, you know, it was at 7 o'clock. Now, 9 o'clock, they're having intermission. I think, I'm think i thinking the damn thing is over because we've been there for like a year, right? right. I know. And, and it's just intermission, and... and Little niece at the time, she was about five or six, and she says, "Is this is it more daylight yet?" <laughs> she thought it was a whole day. <laughs> well, she, she was bored with. She it. was done. Yeah, she was done. But yeah, I know you like cotton candy and stuff's like fifteen dollars or something. My poor sister in law. We were at, we were in Lexington, and my poor sister in law kept having to hike the stairs because my niece just kept yelling that she had to go to the potty. So she did that like four or five times oh. before we were like, "Yeah, are we ready to go? We could go any time." Yeah. Well, I'm glad you had a good time. Uh, you know, it is what it is. I would like to introduce Brandy, our, the other member of our team. Who, he's kind of like the glue. That um, Will we say that? Well, maybe not like the glue. Well, well, how would you describe him? 
in a word or two. Well, he's like, you know, it's one of those, like, you know, every family has one. Oh, yes. And our family, it is the very honorable, the most dangerous man in podcasting today, Colonel Charles Beauregard Hawkwaters III, affectionately known as the Southern Gentleman. How are you today, Colonel? Well, thank you for that less than stellar introduction, Timmy. Uh, but oh, I, I will stellar, say that yeah. I'm doing... Uh, I'm, I'm doing very nice. Uh, my boy uh, just got his. He, they're both graduating from college. Um, my boy just oh, sent me a text. Yeah, he sent me a text telling me he was uh, taking a job with a PR firm in Chicago. Great. Um, they making, take after their mother. Making roughly what I make right now, Timmy. <laughs> the boy's 21 make, years old. It does make you feel awful. <laughs> <laughs> like, that, was a, that was a nice investment. <laughs> and you had to just call me up and tell me, you know. Yeah. Well, if he's working at a PR firm, maybe they can, um, maybe he can uh, market our podcast. You know, I, I should talk to him about that. He's actually given us some tips, if you recall, mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. social media and mm-hmm. things like that. And yeah. Basically, he said we was a hot mess in a train wreck. Well, yeah, you know, you, we really do so much. Yeah. <laughs> All of those things <laughs> yeah. are true. <laughs> but he said if Nixon could get elected, he could get us. He could get us listening. I guess so. it's like selling a, you know, stack of manure or something. You gotta still have to have a product to sell. It, it was, and what's peculiar? He's going into, I don't know. He's going into it's it's a PR firm that he's getting mm-hmm. hired for, but. Um, he's just a natural. Brandy, that stands for public relations. Yeah, public relations. It's when you like. What? Well, how would you explain it you to know me? What this when stands you take for? something, take you know something, what this stands for? and you try to make it appear better than it is. Someone or, who really needs a PR firm is, you know, who the devil. That you know what the devil. You could use a good PR person. Yeah, because your reputation been pretty sullied about. I mean, Sa- it's sullied. Sullied. Yeah. yeah. He's trying to be helpful. I'm trying to be helpful. You damage you damage goods, devil. Yeah. I mean, I you damage goods, yeah. And we're trying to rehabilitate your image. Oh yeah. well, I appreciate that, but go fuck yourself. <laughs> well see that that's the that's first what that's damage his That's like a PR one or one. Never yeah. tell someone to go fuck themselves. Especially when they're being helpful and especially when most of the listeners view that person that you're that you are in high esteem. being so aggressive to and hostile to as a kindly, um, elderly, not, yes, well, impotent. I think all of that is <laughs> as a, accurate. As a kindly, helpful, loving spirit of a man. They don't with an impotence problem, right? <laughs> He's the face of impotence. He is. He's the His spe- face causes impotence. He's the face of erectile dysfunction. That all is not what things. her mother told me. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Colonel. Um, do we have any uh, good we have luck any, with that? Uh, sponsors this week. I got um, sponsors. Yeah. You know what? I've given up on sponsors, Timmy. You know why? Why? This show don't need sponsors. We have That's not a friend true. of the show, of course. Yeah. Um, we have Bob Mears and Son Painting, mm-hmm. who I believe um, just got done. They needed an outside coat on Empire State Building. Oh, he did um, that. He Well, he I think he, he did that Thursday of last week. Does he do the inside as well? No, he he just he lets just the rookies do that. He's just doing the exterior. Just doing the exterior of it. Oh. Um, I heard he was going to do the Golden Gate Bridge, but he painted it blue, and they kind of frowned upon it. But it looked better blue. Yeah, it did. It looked did. better it blue. Majestic. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yep. So Bob Mears and Son out of uh, Newark, Delaware. So if you need your house painted, you need your inter, uh, interior, exterior, contact our good friend. Smoothest strokes you're ever going to find. Bro. Yes, been stroking for it's funny 27 how you years. Would know that. 27 years. 27 okay, years. Uh, I, got a, I got a couple shout-outs here. Okay. Um, I got one to our uh, little hot-blooded friend here, Charlie, because um, you made a remark on... on People with red hair that was just I out of. I did not make that remark. Yeah, I you, you did, Timmy. I, I did not. And it got Charlie a little riled up. Now, You're Charlie, the one that you know, got we love Allie you, Charlie. Charlie riled up by saying bad things about Ginger. I don't think she actually said anything bad about him, but you implied that they may have a <coughs> tendency to become serial killers, I think is what you said. Something along those lines. No, I just true. merely thought he had red hair, that's all. Do you know 78% of serial killers of the 20th century are from the United States? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That yeah. figures. Yeah. Serial killers and mass killers, Timmy, are um, damn near a uniquely American thing. Yeah. It's so a, what, who, what other shout-outs do you have? Charlie, and we said um, Ali. We've got, now we got uh, Brittany Nicole. Yes. Who uh, has a new nickname. Has a new two new nicknames. Okay. Um, after Brittany... Uh, Informed us of her own peccadillos. Uh, yeah, she. Uh, we, we had a conversation in our last podcast about the, <coughs> the dirty flower going up the old dirt road. We was gonna. Uh, we was gonna name her two way. Yeah, but uh, she, she seemed to but be favor in favor. Of, she was in favor of Buttercup. Okay. So she shall now be known. Yeah. From here on, us will be known. As Buttercup. Buttercup. Yeah, Brittany Brittany Nicole Nicole shall be Buttercup. Who else are you going to shout out, give a shout out to? Oh, of course we got Celine. Celine. Um, Celine, keeping every bookstore in Michigan in business. Um, Stephanie, of course. Mm -hmm. Stephanie. Cute. And I wish Stephanie would put on our page how to pronounce her last name. Put it out phonically for us. Yeah, Tasha had to do that because I <laughs> I butchered her name. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to shout out to Tasha. Tasha, thank you for listening. And, of course, this is one I absolutely like because it's so simple. What? Kim Taylor. Kim Taylor? Mm-hmm. Shout out to my mom who I'm filled I'm embarrassed. I'm, well, I'm embarrassed because we talked about the dirty flower. I forget sometimes that mom listens to this podcast. So. Body is my shout out. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. And of course, Lady Beverly. Just like he takes over your friends list. And yes. the lovely. He's taking over your mother. Yeah. Okay, I want to give a shout out, as I said, to Tasha, also to Bree and Rebecca, and to M. Thank you all very much for listening. And I know Brandy has a shout out or two. Uh, Eric DeWitt mm-hmm. and Michael Birdsaw. Cool. Thank you yes. very much. And also a uh, shout out to Marvin down there in Australia. So. Let's get into the topic, shall we, of Jesse Pomeroy, who was known as the Boy Fiend, a serial killer back in the uh, late 1800s in the Boston area. Uh, Jesse Harding Pomeroy was the youngest person ever convicted of a crime of murder in the first degree in, in the history of the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. He was born on November 29th. 1859 in Charles, Charlestown, Massachusetts to his parents Thomas Pomeroy and Ruth Ann Snowman. 
Her name was Snowman. Nice. You think she had a brother or sister named Frosty? I think Mm -hmm. so. Totally possible. Now, Colonel, he was born on November 29th. What does that tell you? Um, He was pregnant for Black Friday. He was pregnant for Black Friday. She was pregnant for Black Friday. You mean Ruth Ann Snowman? Yeah. Yes. That was her name, Ruth Ruth Ann Ann Snowman? Yeah. God, that's wonderful. Well, that was her maiden name. But, uh, she doesn't married, matter. She married Mr. Uh, Thomas Pomeroy, who was a veteran of the U.S. Civil War uh, when he met her. But he was a drunk. No. Oh. And uh, Jesse had one uh, brother who was two years older than him, uh, and his name was Charles. And apparently Jesse's father was a drunk, and he really was uh, sadistic. He, he, would love, he loved to beat the boys. He would take them, uh, the boys, out to the outhouse, uh, tie their hands above their head from a rope that was hanging from the ceiling of the outhouse. He would then strip the boys naked and beat them with a bullwhip. In the outhouse? So you're in saying the outhouse. there's not really enough room in there. That's wrong. That. He would beat them for the smallest infractions That's and sad. sometimes for no reason at all. He would sometimes let the boys flip a coin to see... Who would get beat that day? Yeah, and I will quote here, who gets a whipping tonight? Uh, So Thomas Pomeroy was not a very nice man. Um, He would strip the children, as I said, strip the boys down naked and beat them. And somehow, by doing this, Jesse started forging a link between sexual satisfaction, pain, Mm -hmm. and punishment. He would become aroused at some point when his father was doing this. It's a weird on a lot of levels. Yeah, yeah. actually, that's a that's a uh, it's a real thing. It happens to, and it's an unfortunate thing. It happens to young ladies who have been molested at a young age. Yeah, they associate. Uh, well, they I don't, don't want to get too there's much. There's a psychological the association, yeah. and they have to work that out. That yeah. It's, yeah, it's, well, I get if it's sexual, but this isn't sexual. He's whipping him with a bull whip. Like there's nothing. yeah, no. Uh, but I mean, uh, y- what happens to you when you're young does weird things to you. Your bl- yeah, brain's he, so plastic at that time. That, yeah, and you know he's. Well, anyway, he he would then later recreate his father's abuse with some of his victims. He was a uh, he was tall for his age. He was bigger than the other boys his age, but he looked. He looked. He had some peculiarities in his appearance. Um, he had a very large head, um, so his head was not proportioned to his like Chuck body. He was a, a waterhead. I did. Don't he know. have the encephalitis? I don't know. He had a wide, wide cruel-looking lips, villainous lips. Wide. He was a hair lip. So he had big hair. No, lips. no, none to hell with. <laughs> Please Stop. don't. Please don't do that the whole podcast. I, I really should have. I really should have left that part out because I knew he would latch on to it. Um, but most striking of all, he had an um, a milk white right eye. Could he see out of it? Oh yeah, I don't googly think he could. He, it was all white. No, that's different. Googly eyes are different. No, his, his eye was completely white. Hmm. Uh, now, they think that was a result of a childhood illness, although they're not sh- known for sure. Uh, his mother blamed it on a uh, reaction to a smallpox vaccine. That well, he had she's one of those. Oh, she was the first Jenny McCarthy. She's Jenny McCarthy. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe. 
But anyway, besides that, back then, you know, could have been from the father beating the hell out of him. Could have been A.B. But uh, regardless, the absence of the uh, his or the strangeness of his pupil, and he gave, you know, he just looked weird, and of course, uh, that didn't help him at school, right? (coughs) And he was also, they believe, developmentally delayed. So you put all that together, and you know, it's just going to lead. Plus, your dad's beating the hell out of you. It doesn't leave for a very happy. And let me leave just say, I don't like that childhood. term, Jimmy. Uh, what term? Developmentally delayed. Okay. And the reason for that yeah. is it implies that at some part time, this person's going to develop into a typical person. Yeah, well, he didn't get that opportunity because some of the other choices he made, and we'll so we'll get into yeah. that. It's like your legitimate child. But Ed, legitimate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's a legit kid. Mm-hmm. Right legit there he is. Right there. Too legit to quit. Hey, uh, Add to his appearance the fact that he rarely smiled. And he had he, the hair lip. And he preferred uh, <laughs> solitary play. He also suffered epileptic-like Waking, what epileptic? What is what is epileptic? Whatever. Epto, is that it, when they pull all the hair out? Is that when he get he went to so because of his appearance he went to the gym and got on the machine and worked out on the uh, epileptical. I think, I think that's where they electrocute all the hair out. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he was targeted for abuse, much like I am. <laughs> um, he looked different from the other kids, and those uh, differences were so severe. It wasn't difficult. Uh, it was difficult at time for people to make up. Uh, the, it wasn't difficult for people to make the leap of him becoming uh, from going from malformed to being subhuman. So when all these things that he does that we're talk about comes along, he almost takes it on this monster-like character. Well, she uh, looked like a monster, I believe. Yeah, well, but he can help that. Do you see pictures of him? Uh, sketches of him when he was. And there's a sketch of him when he was young that that you know, like the TV. Uh, newspapers. I mean, not the TV. The newspapers did. But this boy uh, had three things going against him. If you would have just taken one of them, he was going to get picked on. The, the crazy eye, yeah, that or Jesus, the big waterhead. Well, and now, he was and then being developmentally delayed. And, well, four. He got four. He got four strikes. Yeah, and, and plus, nobody gets four plus strikes. Plus his dad beating the hell out of him. So he's yeah, he's got a lot. Yeah, he's, he's rough childhood. It's pretty rough. But anyway, um, the Pomeroy family was unable to keep pets in their home. Because he killed them all? Because strange and violent things seems to happen when no one was looking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Ruth Pomeroy, or Ruth Ann Snowman, her maiden name. Love her. Uh, had wanted a pair of lovebirds birds, to brighten up the dreary home. You know, they lived in a poor section of Boston. It was, you know, turn of the century. So, you know, it probably wasn't, a, you know. So she wanted some birds in the home to kind of liven things up. But they both ended up dead. Uh, their heads completely uh, twisted off their bodies. Yeah, see, I don't know how you're blaming anybody for that. That could have been an accident. Um, the birds could have tripped and, and fallen. But Jesse was soon later discovered torturing a neighborhood kitten. Um, so, uh, you Ruth Ann Snowman yes. put uh, two and two together and said, we're, we're probably done with pets in the home. Mm-hmm. Like many killers, yeah. uh, Jesse Pomeroy grew weary of just torturing animals and began to look for human targets. You used to also, if there's something, I think it's in there somewhere, he had a uh, sexual predilection for uh, livestock. 
Uh, I don't. I don't he liked to bang the sheets, sheeps and the goats. Too. I don't remember seeing that, but I don't okay. think that's yeah. true. Yeah, he was a he, um, he was a he was a sheep humper. He selected sheep. victims who were smaller than he is, which is kind yeah, of a smart he's thing. Shit. Well, that's kind of a smart thing. You're not going to pick victims who are bigger. Yeah, I mean, I'm a, yeah. So that, that is, is stupid, what, but yeah. still chicken shit. <laughs> um. His attacks had, were very from. I mean, they they were pretty consistent in the way he acted them out, uh, and it it was reflective of his life at home. The beatings that his father gave him. So now, before he becomes this, uh, before he gets into murdering people, he first got he kind of graduated that. Uh, he first started out with assaulting smaller children, uh, raping them, and then molesting them, and, and and sexually assaulting them, and beating them. And then that gradually grows into uh, to murder. So Brandy's going to tell us about his earlier uh, dastardly deeds. His first known victim was William Payne. Um, near Christmas Day of 1871, a couple of guys walked up Powderhorn Hill. Oh, yeah. I love I hang, that place. I hang out there all the time. Love it. Especially Christmas time. There's snow. You can slide. It's a whole thing. Powder. When was this? When was this? 1871. So he was uh, 12 years old at the time. Mm-hmm. Yes. So they were up Powderhorn Hill. That's near Chelsea Creek in South Boston. You know that place. Oh, yeah. 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 Been there. Chelsea Creek is really nice. Yeah. <laughs> Nearing a small... It runs into Chelsea River. Oh, clearly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, nearing a small cabin, they heard a soft cry, barely louder than a whimper. As they approached the building, um, it was really a small, small building. Uh, the sounds, as they approached it, the sounds became louder and clearer, and it ended up being a small child. When they went in, the men were shocked to see Billy Payne, no more than four years old. He was hanging by his wrist from a rope lashed to the center beam of the outhouse. So... Who does that sound like? It sounds like uh, young uh, Mr. Pomeroy and his father, uh, the prick. Uh, the prick Tom, Pomeroy. Yeah, Thomas, yeah. Thomas, uh, the, the man fiend. He was nearly unconscious and half naked. Uh, the cold weather had turned his skin pale. He was freezing. His lips were blue. Um, his hands were purple due to the blood being trapped up in his hands by the bindings. Um, the men cut the boy down. Um, but, you know, they could see the signs of a brutal beating that this little boy had suffered. His back was covered in welts. Um, he, Billy was in no condition to give the police any clue to the identity of his attacker, uh, and the police filed the awful report with the fervent prayer that it was an isolated incident. Well, they would hope so, yeah. Yes. (laughs) Hopefully it ain't going on around town. It's just one of those... Crazy BDNC BDNC, towns or whatever. Yes. Timmy knows more about them. He oh, does, these, actually. Yeah, these are kids. Are kids. So, sadly for the children, uh, it was not an isolated incident. So, this was near Christmas when he got a hold of Billy Payne. In February of 1872, so three months later, Tracy Hayden was seven years old, and he was the next victim. He was lured again to Powderhorn Hill. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the promise of going to see the soldiers. See, never, ever go with someone who promised you to take you to see soldiers. I'm no. not going with anybody that's got a milky eye. Or to Powderhorn Hill. Or I, I will never go to Powderhorn Hill again. Yeah, me neither. I stay away from that place now. It used to be cool, like when it was snowing and stuff, you could slide. But then they started taking you there, tying you up and, you know. And beating the hell out of you, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So once the two boys were alone, Pomeroy was barely a teenager at the time. He set upon this little boy, Tracy, bound and tortured him as mercilessly as he'd done Billy Payne. He knocked out Hayden's front teeth, blackened his eyes, and broke his nose. Uh, Like Billy Payne, Tracy Hayden was stripped and whipped with a switch. Uh, Left a lot of deep welts. Hayden told police that his assailant, whom he was unable to describe other than having brown hair, threatened to cut off his... Tallywhacker? Yes. Slang? We got another episode. This is our third episode in a row. (coughs) Got a dick in it, Timmy. Well, this is a little boy. One, and swing a dick re- without talking about a dick. One of our readers is going to be, one of our listeners is going to be happy. Now, who was it that posted the comment? Uh, it was uh, someone about happy that there was podcast something. podcast covered in semen and dicks. You got well, it. Might have been Celine. I believe it was Celine. She loved disturb. So, <laughs> but this was a little boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yes. with nothing to go on, you know this. The half-assed description of this teenage boy with brown hair, they still couldn't stop the assaults. Um, How could they not describe his crazy-looking ass? He looked well, like maybe. Because they're little kids. Or they're scared. Noah can't describe what I look like. He's or they're four. Scared. And they're yeah, scared. One white eye and a big old head. I don't know. Maybe he wore a patch over it. It was Celine. Celine, yeah. Dirty, dirty girl. <laughs> Tara so, always says that we come up, she likes some of our quotes. Yeah, well. So, early in the early spring of 1872, Jesse attacked again, this time promising an eight-year-old, Robert Mayer, a trip to see Barnum's Circus. A nice bullshit there. Now, how do, how do little bastard don't know the circus in town? I... So now this one almost because they're coming. boys. Boys are oblivious. No, 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 no. Yes, no, they are. Well, maybe, the maybe the circus was in town. He misled him. Yes, he did. He's alive. So again, we go back to Powderhorn Hill in this little outhouse. See, this, place. Is, this is Powderhorn Hill. It got a sturdy beam. He does have a, the middle. He does yeah. have a kill shack there. Well, yeah. yeah. I, if, if you're the police, I'd be starting to patrol that area. He probably already got. Well, you would think you think you'd set up some lookouts up there. So just listen for the screaming. So you know, of course, the little boy was stripped and beat with a stick. Uh, Jesse forced this youngster to repeat curse words as he was being assaulted. Oh no, he didn't. Taught the boy to curse. Why well, don't think see, he taught him? Now see, that's what I'm talking about. Now little Jesse, he's eighteen eighteen something boss, eighteen hundred something Boston. I don't think he taught him how to. Well, curse. I don't think he taught, especially if he's 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 eight. Especially if he's using a switch on him, I think that. Was, yeah, I think yeah, he, I, I think he's, I think that would be some cursing yeah. there. But no, I mean Jesse's daddy taught him how to beat somebody with a switch. Now this poor little bastard, he walking around. Like he got Tourette's cussing all the time. Now. Well, he dragging little kids to his shed, making them cuss. Well, Mayor reported to the police that Jesse was fondling himself. Oh, as Jesse dog. withstood the ferocious beating, achieving sexual satisfaction at the height of this little boy's suffering, and Jesse freed him, threatened him with death, and if he told anybody, and he took off. The police. I faced wonder if he had a tube sock handy. Yeah. <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> the police, faced with numerous angry and fearful Boston parents, began yeah, a yeah. massive manhunt, questioning hundreds of brown-haired Boston teenage boys with no luck. Li- Seriously, we're going to just question them all? Well, you know, Jesse Mayer, uh, Jesse Mayer confessed to this damn thing. You know, know, you know what he should have go. said? He's got a white it, eye. That, that kind of would have narrowed it down. That would have narrowed it down. That's what I said. How could you Brown hair, white eye. eye. 
Yeah. Hair lip. <laughs> yeah. And he kept saying, Come in, Danny. Come in, Big Danny. Come on, boy. Come in, Big Danny. Stop. I'm it. just saying. That's not nice, Charles. God. If somebody got a bad hair lip, you're going to know that John. He kept telling me what to do, but I couldn't understand the damn word he said. When the police probably questioned Jesse, Jesse probably confessed to the damn thing. They didn't understand the word. I do it again, too. So Jesse eluded the dragnet and became... We're really going to lose listeners after this podcast. Jesus. I am not anti-hair lip, but I am anti-hair lip of people who... You are anti-hair lip. You're pretty anti... Everyone who says they're, oh, I love diversity, I love people with hair lips. I've got plenty of friends that are hair lips. No, you don't. That's right, I'm saying. I'm saying, you know what? uh, The gloves come off for this little motherfucker right here. He beating little kids. He hitting them with well, a Well, I agree with that. He pulling the bishop, I don't. beating the bishop while he's slapping people. Now, now Timmy does that, but he does it with grown adults. Well, well no, mostly. they're not. I mean, they're of legal age. Well, yeah, okay. That's, that's, and, uh, that's, so anyway, sure so this, that. so you know, parents are telling their their kids, you know, you need to stay inside. Don't go wandering around. Don't no. go to Poplar Hill or whatever with the hell it is. Why? <laughs> Don't oh, go there now. Who anti hair lip now? But but it was like the, it was like the game of telephone. So the more this got spread around, the more this went through Boston. All of a sudden, this guy's got red hair and a wispy red beard. So now all of a sudden, this guy's you know Irish. Well, he's in Boston. He's lucky. Yeah, charms. I always blame the Irish. Well, he's in Boston. So um, so keeping with his sixty to ninety day cycle. Jesse Strutton. I didn't know he had a cycle. He had a cycle. He does. He had a he had a, he had a motorcycle. You wrote the shit, Mid- not me. It's what it says cycle. right here. Cycle. All right. Uh, Jesse struck next to uh, sh- Jesse struck next in mid July of 1872, luring a seven year old to the outhouse on Powderhorn Hill with the promise of two bits for running an errand. He's not very creative, is he? He needs his no. contacts. What the hell? What errand is a he going to... A contact. You only need one. Whatever. wonder if you get a deal on those. I bet you yeah, would. Well, you can buy two, and he has one if he loses one. wonder if he could have grown up get a one. colored contact. No. Stick that in there, and it would look like yeah. he had two so eyes. He should have got a monocle. You should have just oh, had a patch. A monocle was cool. A monocle would have been like a Like Mr. Peanut? You know, and if you would have had a patch... They would have been able to identify his mumbling Chuck, ass. will you join me? I want to do. I want to start a trend. I want to bring back the wax mustache. D- Wit did that. Huh? It's already been done. We're gonna, Chuck and I are going to do that. We're going to do, do it. I gonna, Chuck's bringing back mutton chops. I'm bringing back mutton chops and mullets. And I'm going to bring back the wax mustache. You should bring back your eyebrows first. They're <laughs> gone. Continue. What happened? So the assault was similar to the previous one. The boy was stripped, bound, whipped, and beaten until Jesse, got eyebrows. Jesse achieved orgasm. Then, promising to kill the boy if he left the outhouse, Jesse fled into the swamps. He's pro- Jesus. So he's promising... He keeps... I don't understand. He keeps saying, I'll kill you if you leave this outhouse. They all fucking leave. None of them are scared. <laughs> well, eventually, you gotta leave the shitty. You can't just stand around. I First know. of all, you're bleeding, you're hot, you're sweaty, you're stinky. You're probably covered with the one-eyed monster goo there because he... Yeah, I got... Thank you. <laughs> I'm just saying. So, well, I mean, uh, yeah, you're right. Sooner or later, you're going to you know, put a big toe outside the... <laughs> you just see what happens. <laughs> right. So now... So he's so now there's a five hundred dollar reward posted That's for any information. It was yeah, it's probably um, to the anger was stirred by was stirred by the lured press accounts, 
and the $500 bounty, and it prompted vigilantes to begin patrolling the streets of Chelsea in an effort to find the miscreant who was torturing the city's young boys. Miscreant. I like that word. Well, because clearly the cops weren't really doing it very well, so you got, you know, Hell's Angels. Yeah, if I was them, I would wait by Pomeroy Hill. Or <laughs> that's, what yeah, that's what I'm saying. You find the, the one shitter <laughs> on that place, and you, yeah. Just pull up a chair. <laughs> so, and wait. So now... Tell all the boys in town there's a circus coming. Right. <laughs> so, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, it was about this time that Ruth... Ruth Ann Snowman, his mom, his mother. Yes, decided to move her family from Chelsea to the less expensive accommodations across the Chelsea Creek into Boston. It's been speculated that she suspected that her younger son was connected to the assault, but throughout her life, you know, she was very loyal to him. She yeah. never thought that he did anything wrong. Much like Timmy's mom. Yeah, I would exactly. like to say. I would yeah. like to say because I, I forgot to mention this. Her, there's different accounts. Uh, in some in some accounts I read, her and the father Thomas <coughs> separated. In other accounts, he died. So I don't know. But yeah. for whatever reason, she's single mom. She's two, making yeah raising two sons. Somebody even came out. Remember that uh, Spats Domino song? No, no. You don't remember that? Did they came out? Yeah, okay. so, so anyway, so she fat, never so believed because he couldn't talk real good. Yeah, no, I got it. Okay. Yeah. So she never believed that the boy was capable of of what they were accusing him of. So she, um, so she, it's just as likely that she actually moved her children away for economic reasons. Yeah, but she knew what he was doing. Yeah, but pets. she at least suspected. Right, you got to come home and your parakeets got their heads twisted off. I, oh, and you... They so tripped. It wasn't fucking suicide. They yeah. tripped. They ran into a door jam. Yeah, <laughs> sheep walking all bow-legged. <laughs> so a sickly seven-year-old named George Pratt was wandering along the South Boston shoreline looking for treasure, which, first of all, he's seven, and you, you, his parents are letting him wander along the shoreline. Well, this, was a this was a different time. I understand. But you're, but you're right. There's still this uh, monster running around yeah. molesting little boys. You would think that... Well, he parents, wasn't really molesting them at this time. He was just beating them and... Well, whatever. So the baloney there. This time, Jesse offered him 25 cents to help him with an errand. Well, oh, was still, well, that's I mean, big. Well, no, he was two bits. So going down the cash there. It was the same amount. I don't. I don't know how much two bits is. Two bits is twenty five cents, right? I, I, I thought it was fifty, but my, it might be. So listeners, it, it doesn't matter. What, He's never paying if out. If you know what two bits is, post it. Let us know. Yeah, post us. He's never paying out. Doesn't matter. So like Jesse's last victim. Um, you know, the kid just wanted some candy. Wanted two the bits, money. Four bits, six bits a dollar, a quarter. Six bits a dollar? Two There's bits, not- four bits, six bits a dollar. A dollar would be eight bits. I'm going to look it up. Go ahead. Okay, 12 and a half cents, two bits would be a quarter. That's yeah, I got right. it. I got it. Well, that's a, okay, that's a stupid thing. I feel you, G. Okay, so... I'm an OG. OG? No. No. No, you're not on the wire. We are not doing this. The colonel been watching the wire, yo. No. No. <laughs> it's a fabulous show, but No. No. So anyway, so he, um, so this, this poor little kid, he just wanted some candy or whatever. So he agreed to accompany Pomeroy and again ended up being bound and tortured. You've told three lies, Pomeroy told the little boy. According to Wordmonger, 
I thought that was Whoremonger for a while. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Whoremonger right dot com. Uh, two bits. <laughs> Do you show up on Whoremonger? <laughs> Rub profile there. Two bits uh, is a is slang for twenty five cents. All right. So this gets better. So you stand corrected. Okay. So anyway, so it gets better. So like that dog. All the love, Pete. (laughs) So this poor little boy, he beats him with a leather belt, and then it kind of escalates. This time he bit a chunk of flesh from Pratt's cheek um, and tore at the boy's skin with his fingernails. And listeners, that's not foreplay to everybody. Okay. He then took a long sewing needle and began stabbing deeply into the child's body. Oh. Um, finally, he tried prying open one of Pratt's eyes to stick the needle in it, uh, but Pratt managed to roll over on his stomach. Oh, no, that's bad news for him. Well, no. Know. Apparently satisfied, he left him alone, um, but not before he bit another piece of flesh. Bit his ass. Mm-hmm. Took a chunk out of this poor little boy's now, butt. Now, you hear the expression all the time, I will take a chunk out of your ass. That's where it came from. This little air left big head boy minute. So, now, are you pro-ass biting, Colonel? Um, now, I don't mind a little, a little nip on the buttocks now and again. You know, but... When well, you, you can't get into removing flesh, and you can't do it every day, you, and you can't no, you leave marks, yeah. and it's got to be your wife, can't be somebody else, or she'll find out if it's someone else's teeth marks there. Well, I mean, you can't send another girl home with your teeth marks because with the CSI shit now, they can match up your teeth marks. Yes. Yeah. So the last attack was clearly the work of a demented mind, and the police rounded up every feeble-minded youth they could find in the city. Hold on, can I, can I just interrupt? For so one they second? had an idiot roundup. <laughs> can I just interrupt? For one second. This it was a dumbass derby. This last they one, rounded him up. Did you say this last act was clearly the work of what? A demented a mind. A demented mind. But all the other acts before were just the act. I'm was, just reading. I'm just reading. What the, was, 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 was clear. Yeah, they, they were yeah, okay. They were this Ein, one's demented. These though. were Einsteinian and I'm but this in. one was uh, well, a clear. demented one. Yes, yeah. that's what it there, says. Are you, clearly are rational. you criticizing the writing? I am. I really want to hear <laughs> about the dipshit corral that they had here. Of the <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so The clown corral. Yeah. They so they got all these idiots together. Yeah, they got them and, all together. Uh, they had Village Idiot com- Convention. Yeah, it was. It was like Timmy Con. Yeah. But different. <laughs> hey, so <laughs> that's right. What I want to know is... <laughs> it's a dipshit derby, I'm telling you. How how would you like for it to be the first time you realized everybody in town thought, realized you was an idiot? I don't know, but I'm, they showed up. They and got people like... Oh, I didn't know you were an idiot. I've never seen you at the meetings. Yeah. They showed up on buses with every one yeah. of them licking the licking windows. The so glass. it didn't matter. Yeah. And they had to use like five short buses. Well, instead of so they had them all there. Dunce caps on. Oh, mm. God. So they had them all there. And none of Nobody could pick anybody out. <laughs> of course they could. Still. They so, could pick out their own parents. I know. So the city <laughs> is pissed at the police now. And so Hell's Angels, they've stepped up their patrol. Um, so the next two assaults were, they were, you know, just more violent, more depraved than all the other ones. Um, less than a month after he molested George Pratt, Pomeroy kidnapped and assaulted a six-year-old boy named Harry Austin. 
who was stripped and beaten like Pomeroy's pre- previous victims. Uh, but this time, he didn't stop at just beat Jesse didn't stop at just beating this little boy. Um, with his victim bound, Jesse took out his pocket knife and stabbed the child Ooh. under each arm and Yo. in between his shoulders. The hell? Then you cannot he knelt- do the funky chicken. Then, you can. <laughs> what the fuck? What? Then he knelt down and tried to cut off the boy's penis. Ah! But he was disturbed. And clearly, and fled before he was able to finish the job. So he got interrupted with something, and he didn't get a cut off the wiener. Maybe the ice cream truck. Yeah, man, that, you heard the ice cream truck coming. You know, or if you're that boy, you you give a you give a, you have to be very thankful. Well, I, it was you a know. case of slices interrupt us. It was. So he almost became a girl there. So uh, hopefully he didn't get half the penis sliced off. I, I mean, he just stopped when he got there. So despite police's attempts to find the uh. attacker, six days after Austin was attacked, Jesse lured Joseph Kennedy seven to the marshes near the bay and viciously beat him. So he's not even offering him money now. Now he's just yeah. Now he's just being an yeah, ass. Now he's yeah. just telling him there's a Dick. turtle down by the come here and look at us. Uh, like Austin, Kennedy was attacked with a knife, and then Jesse forced the boy to kneel and ordered him to recite a profane travesty of the Lord's Prayer, in which obscenities were substituted for Scripture. When Kennedy demurred, Jesse slashed the boy across the face with his knife and dragged him to the waterfront and washed his wounds with salt water. Oh, that's a mean bastard. Six days later, a five-year-old boy was found lashed to a post near railroad tracks in South Boston and told about an older boy who lured him to a remote area with the promise to see soldiers. Why are these parents letting these kids out? Ain't none of these son bitches seen the white eye. What's he got, Ray Charles glasses? What's he doing? I mean, none of them seen a damn soldier before. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> but What's I mean, the attraction? It's just, you know, so, so these boys, this is what I don't understand, is there's all these little boys... Their parents know that these people are. This person is out there killing little boys. Yeah, there's a. Uh, well, they're not, not killing. They're not killing. Yeah, beating these little boys. Have yeah. to. And still, there's you know still this four, five, six year old kids are out roaming the you know looking for soldiers, looking for soldiers, getting two bits, going running, to the, yeah, going, going to the, the circus. circus. Yeah. So um, anyway, so he's he's got uh, this. Little you know. Boy. It, it, <laughs> He's going to use. Eventually, he's going to use the Disney on ice. Uh, little, oh yeah, little, yeah. Little, We're going to goofy. He won't have to beat him because that's torturous on its own. So anyway, so he's got the five-year-old boy. Excuse me. Promised him to see soldiers when they were alone. The boy stripped. Uh, the boy was stripped and he beat him and slashed his head with a knife. Right. Um, and as Pomeroy placed the edge of the knife against the boy's throat, he was startled by approaching railroad workers. Uh, so he took off, and the boy, Robert Gould, gave police their first good lead in the case. Good old Robert. He caught the white eye. Oh, he did. With an but eye like a white like- marble. Like so many other serial killers were that were caught by a seemingly simple twist of fate, Jesse Pomeroy's first arrest occurred almost by accident. You know, it was the fate. It was goddamn <laughs> observation, is what it was. Being a big, having a big head, yeah. hair lip, yeah, curl lips, <laughs> and a, a white yeah. eye. You think white he would eye. stand out? So the Boston police police were convinced that now it's only a matter of time before the boy with the marble eye turned um, from a sadist into a homicidal maniac. So the Boston, they conducted a classroom-by-classroom classroom search of the school system with the victims of the marble eye, which is now evidently what he's called, uh, in hopes of getting lucky and finding the sadist. 
It didn't catch on. (laughs) Yeah. On September 21st, 1872, uh, the police came to Jesse Pomeroy's school with Joe Kennedy and went from room to room with the principal. So here's my whole thing. Why so do Joe you need, Kennedy was the. Uh, why do you need Joe the eyewitness? Dead? I think so. Wow, why do you need Boston? the eyewitness account, so to speak? Can't you? Can't the police just see? Hey, that kid's got a <laughs> fucked up eye. Maybe yeah. we should talk to him. That kid's got a marble eye. Okay, but so you anyway. know what? Really, if all the other descript, no, none of the other kids described him having that eye, and then you got all of a sudden you got this one kid saying it's an eye. You tend not to believe. You know. Well, they believed him. But again, he was unable to identify his assailants in any of the classrooms. For an unknown reason, on the way home from school that very day, Palmer walked into the South Boston Police Station where detectives were once again questioning Joe yeah, Kennedy. That's strange, man. Since Jesse never expressed much remorse during his life for his crimes, it's unlikely that Jesse was just overcome with guilt that he yeah, was. Yeah, I just wonder why he goes into the police station. That's weird. Well, the more likely explanation is that he was curious. He was, yeah, he was going to play a game. Let's see what's going on, because you know he'll never get caught because he's so smart. Well, so, and he's so he blends in. Yeah, he blends. Oh, yeah, you blend. So other sociopaths have been known to beg police to catch them before they kill again. Like the lipstick killer. I don't know who that is. It's someone who killed like other women people. and they I had lipstick. I believe we did a podcast. No, no, we, we didn't. No, we didn't. No. no. The lipstick killer is the one who would leave messages. Yeah, I remember him. I know him. Yeah. So perhaps Jesse wanted to be caught um, knowing that what he was doing was wrong but was powerful to stop himself. I'm calling bullshit on that theory. I think he just wanted to see what was going on. You think he was just admiring his work? Or I think something? he was. Joe Kennedy and the officer who had accompanied him to the police station, um, they were on the police station when Jesse entered. And then Jesse, like, started just kind of walk out the front door. Like, he came in and then saw these guys and, you okay. know, just kind of um, out of here. Yeah, like, well, he was like, the lipstick killer was <clears throat> William Air Herons. Yes, he scrawled a plea for help to his pursuers and lipstick on the mo- on the mirror in the room. Yeah, of a catch, please catch me, please stop me. Jesse was all like, "Yeah, paper on me, coppers." Well, and then they said, "But can't you just see him like going and kind of looking around, and then like just turn back around, put his hands in his pockets, and whistles as he walks <laughs> out the door like nothing?" Can I have a I guess I say, I don't know. Interrupt the uh, questioning and say, uh, "When you get done here, I got some soldiers down the street. <laughs> yeah. I got a thing. I got two bits." <laughs> so that's you're horrible people. So uh, Kennedy had seen Pomeroy from across the room and pointed him out. Looked at up and see if Heron lipstick was. Actually, uh, they're not sure if Heron's was the lipstick killer or not. We're not, but see, we're not talking about. I know he's presumed to be. Okay, killed three people back in the forties. So they caught Jesse. We might do this one before he'd gone more than half a block. They locked Jesse in a cell in the cell for the love of all that's good and holy. Handsome bastard. Okay, hey Brandy. So um, continue, please. So the police uh, left him in the cell to cool his heels. Um, After midnight, they woke him up to try and force him into confession. Uh, Police officers threatened him with a 100-year jail term unless he admitted his crimes. After that threat, Jesse actually broke down and confessed. The next day, Jesse Pomeroy was taken to the main Boston jail where his victims each confirmed that he was the boy who had molested them. That afternoon, Jesse was brought in before a magistrate and each of the victims again recounted this, their tale. Uh, but Ruth Ann Snowman took the stand in defense of her son. 
He's a good boy. He's hardworking and obedient. My goodness. Well, I mean, you he know, could have been. She didn't mention the family pets, though. She didn't mention well, the decapitated birds no, or whatever. There's no sense. But, you know. uh, Jesse also testified at the hearings. He said he couldn't help himself. How did he say that, Colonel? What's that? He said he couldn't help himself. I just can't help myself. I put myself on the missionary quote. Yeah. So the juvenile justice magistrate wasted little time, uh, ordered Jesse to be held in the House of Reformation in Westboro until he was 18. And then Jesse and Ruth both walked out of there. They were in tears. Oh. Ruth and Snowman. I know. I bet she melted. (laughs) She's very cool, though. She's a cool lady. There must be some magic in that old hat that she found. There must have been, but not enough, evidently, to keep her twisted, marble-eyed son out of jail. Yeah. Come on, he didn't get it. He, he had a rough childhood. He did have a rough childhood, but I'm sorry, there are lots of people that have rough childhoods that don't end up doing this, whatever. So, hard work, discipline, and vocational training were the preferred method of dealing with juvenile delinquents in the late 1800s, and the Westboro House of Reformation was just the place. <clears throat> Um, there was also the place where parents who found their boys too hard to manage could voluntarily commit the troublemakers. Why don't we have those places now? That's my question. <coughs> Ain't nothing wrong with Noah. Now you leave the boy alone. Yeah. So Jesse learned very quickly that his only chance to leave Westboro before his 18th birthday was to demonstrate he'd reformed. He was a model inmate. Um, he avoided the floggings and the corporal punishments. Oh. Um, for him. On the outside, Ruth Ruth Ann stepped up her campaign to free her son, whom she considered innocent of all charges. He was too young to be the perpetrator of such crimes. The police arrested the wrong boy. She wrote letters to the board of overseers of Westboro and anybody else who might help her. Yeah, I mean, she, he, her, her mom was a strong advocate for him, so, I mean, he did have that. He had his mom in his corner. Well, she pointed, she pointed out he'd been coerced into confessing, which he had, and that he should have been able to talk to a lawyer, or at least to herself. All true. Mm, true. But the one thing that convinced the overseers to free Jesse Pomeroy was Jesse himself. There was no reason to keep him, they decided. Um... You know, an investigator had visited the Pomeroy home and found that Miss Pomeroy was hardworking, honest, caring. Um, Jesse's brother Charles was also considered an upstanding citizen. He had a very large paper route, and when he wasn't delivering papers, he ran a newspaper stand. Yeah, he was very industrious. So wait, so let me just point out that Chuck here, on, Charles, on. had a hard life too, and is not a serial killer. All right, and he was the, the poor boy was out. But he didn't have life. a. We all about it. What? Emma. They didn't have an Emma. ideal life, but there were two brothers that essentially had the same upbringing, and one of them turned into a serial killer. Yeah. So, anywho, how, how'd you like for this crazy hair lip bastard to be standing on the corner screaming out the headlines with his hair lip? Andrew Jackson in peace. Andrew Jackson in peace. So the Pomeroys promised to put Jesse to work in the newsstand and the dress shop, and Ruth was determined to keep a closer eye on her younger son, whose behaviors well, she did have two. were the result of his lack of supervision. Clear, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, if she was clearly providing him with supervision, he wouldn't be out. The broken home had left Jesse to the broken home had left Jesse to drift pretty much at his own will. Despite the horrendous crimes Jesse had committed, the police in South Boston 
uh, we're forgiving. Uh, it isn't best to be down on a boy too hard or too long, said the captain. I'm sure he did say that. Uh, give him a chance to Are there quote himself. marks around it? There are quote marks. Then he said it. Yeah. That's a stupid thing to say. Well, uh, they, they so, felt the boy had reformed. So less than a year and a half after his arrest, Jesse was released and set loose on an unsuspecting public. Uh, none of the authorities thought of warning the neighbors. Yeah. Well, yeah. they didn't have that patrol. That, yeah, they uh, Amber Alert. Well, most Amber, of them. No, yeah, they didn't they, have the, the Amber Alert. Sex registry. Sex no, they didn't registry. have that. Most of them thought the marble-eyed freak was locked up and wouldn't be home till he was almost 18. He had been rehabilitated. Yes. Six weeks after Jesse Pomeroy was paroled from Westboro, uh, he was opening up his mother's dressmaking shop and his brother's newsstand which was located as, across the street from his home hmm. in South Boston. Oh, well, that's convenient. I mean, it's easy commute. It really is. Well, it looks like his mother had done very well for herself. So the mother has a store. Now, we're getting into the murders right here. So okay. mom owns a store. Mom owns a store. Um, She's like Walmart. Where she got the money for this. And, and this is what She's I don't like get about Walmart. this whole story. Well, She's snowman. But She's got a dress store. It's not Walmart. Well, she made it's a general store. Yeah, and she made corsets, too. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about taking up corset making. They are very uncomfortable. Well, you know, they just I don't know if there's a market. I wear corsets all the time. Do you really? I'm well, thinking about it. she does. She I'm, wears corsets, those high black boots, and oh, yeah, spike the leather mask, and the whips, and the chest. Ball gag. Yeah, how, how do you think she got that new car? Yeah. Well, that I is, forgot. That is true. She's the devil's dominatrix to me. Yeah, she is. Rate. That's another name for you. The Devil's Dominatrix. Rate. So anyway, um, if you would allow me to stay on subject. I'm sorry, Colonel. Please um, proceed. If I could proceed with this this sordid, sordid. Wishing upon a star I would get a new nickname. If I... If I could continue with this sordid tale of this. <laughs> because I don't think it's ever going to end. Of this Google-eyed, hair-lipped little bastard here. <laughs> okay. That's not nice. I mean, you know, and, and, and let me apologize in advance. For I any hair-lipped, Google-eyed. No, I should not make fun of people with physical disabilities. But this is a real rap fucker here, right here now. So anything I say about him, he is it's well deserved. What well, if he used against you in a court but, of law? But he also <clears throat> had a rough way to go, girl. I don't give a shit about how rough. I had a rough. The colonel had a rough. <laughs> tell us about it, Colonel. Did no, you? No, don't <laughs> tell me about it. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. 
at all. As the boy, as my boys will tell you, when I was young, I was so poor we couldn't afford elbows, Timmy. You couldn't afford elbows. Elbows. Do you have to buy yeah. elbows? No, I've never bought we an elbow. We didn't have elbows. We well, unless so you're doing some. You didn't plumbing. have elbows. No. We. I was too poor to have dreams. She just walked around like a stick. I couldn't all even the time. dream at night. <laughs> Did you have T Rex arms? I had T Rex arms. I couldn't afford to dream. Man, you I mean, couldn't even you couldn't even arm wrestle, could you? Couldn't do a damn thing. It's a rough life yeah, for you. you have it. And everyone around you died. I was just mom continues to die. Your mom died. Your dad. But you know, and and I should say we're going to release this at a later date. But today. Today, my, my dear old mama, um, God rest her soul. Um, She's to, dead. Today was her, her, St. Patrick's Day was the day that beat all others. My mom was very Irish. My mama was. And yeah. uh, there was nothing more important to my mama, to my mama than St. Patrick's Day. And as I said, we did not have to go to church on Christmas. We did not have to go to church on Easter. We seems did like have we started this podcast on Groundhog's Day. <laughs> it seems like it. This podcast sometimes seems like Groundhog's Day, the movie, where we're just repeating ourselves. <laughs> yes. And I noticed that me and the devil, even the devil has shown respect to my dear deceased mother. By wearing green today? By wearing green today. Yeah. You do not, Timmy. You do not. You have not worn green. Well, I I know not to say I I, I love the Irish. They're they're wonderful people, but they do not uh, choose my wardrobe for me. Helen Keller chooses your wardrobe. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Please. Stevie Wonder has been in your closet. Listen, be nice because everyone's going to be dressed like me at TimmyCon. <laughs> That's true, <laughs> and they're going to have a hell of a time putting those outfits together. Thank you, Carl. <laughs> so, anyway, to to get into the so- the most the most nastiest part of this story here, um, you got the first little murder. It's a little girl named Katie Curran. Mm-hmm. Now, Katie, her Katie problem Curran? was Katie Curran. Sorry. Oh, I was. I thought maybe she. You she, she was talking about Katie Couric. I didn't well, think that would have sucked. She's had a rough life. She did. She, she lost her husband to uh, colon cancer. She got remarried though. She's done well. Yeah. Man, not one of our listeners gives a rat's ass about well, Katie Couric. But, but uh, let's talk about colon cancer. You're the one who because, started it. Because colon cancer is a sick. You lost your parent. You lost your mom to cancer. So I know you. Everybody can't. lost somebody to cancer. What the hell are we talking about? Well, but we're talking about colon cancer, and we're talking about colonoscopies. So we are. <laughs> I'm just throwing that out there. As we are now. Yeah. Because I think our listeners don't we have a topic? <laughs> what do we like? Coffee, <laughs> coffee talk. We here's a topic. <laughs> well, I just wanted to know, Colonel. You're a man of a certain age. Mm-hmm. And it's old. And you're, well, you're 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 in that you're in your golden years. Mm-hmm. Have you experienced the colonoscopy yet? Uh, we are scheduling one for this summer, Timmy. Well, <laughs> the, looking it, forward it, to I, that. I just want to say it may be too late by then. <laughs> you might want to get it done now. I mean, you know, you've already you're already you know worried about the bloody stool. You might want. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have mentioned. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Uh, what the hell kind of left turn you taking here? First of all, he's taking a way left turn, and I don't get but it. If it's right, the red, Colonel takes don't be too concerned. The it's just Colonel takes fiber. Red, you, 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 the Colonel it gets full of vegetables and fiber. He's fine. Well, just if it's dark red, you need to be concerned. If it's bright red, it's probably just if it's black red. or white is bad. I heard that. That's true. Yeah, it was on my baby's poop chart. Yeah. Oh, your baby has a poop chart? My baby did when he was a baby. I never did get a poop chart. 
Well, you have no babies. I'm going to look at Pooch Chart on the internet. Well, you go ahead and let me know what comes up. Please continue, Colonel. What the fuck did you have for lunch, (laughs) Timmy? He drank his lunch. (laughs) Continue, Colonel. I'm going to look up this. I don't even know why I was at. Katie Couric. Katie Couric died of So we got this sweet little girl, Katie. Now, I don't know what the hell kind of town she lived in. She was what, 10 10 years old or something like that? Yeah. She was 10 years old. I don't know what the hell kind of town this is. They got two general stores that before 8 o'clock, now Katie needs a notebook for school. Mm-hmm. She decides to run down before 8 o'clock to Tobin's general store. Now, must be like a 7 Eleven. They're open 24 Yeah, open 24 7. I wonder if they have a little Indian guy working there. Oh my God. What the hell's wrong with him today? I don't know. I'm looking at poop chart. Are you are you tweaking or something? You, He's you tweaking. Sugar I'm twerking. <laughs> There's a difference. Yes. So anyway, she decides to go get a notebook. Okay, she asked Mama, "I need a new notebook for school." Now, can put Blue's Clues in it. You know, uh, consist uh, consistency texture. Motherfucker, I haven't got through two goddamn sentences on this son of a bitch before I get interrupted thirty five times. Now, are you gonna let me finish this son of a bitch or what? Because the colonel ready to walk. The I colonel never, will go. I never realized there was so many different types of stool. <laughs> <laughs> Look. I don't need to. I There's have several different types of stool. I had the poop chart. Here we go. Colonel script. <laughs> no, go ahead, Colonel. I'm sorry. I, 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 don't, I don't want you to. Know what? Okay, here's the. Here, I mean, he, I just think he we, killed two more people. No, but no, let's no, talk no, about no. stool for a while, okay? <laughs> continue. Um, I can't even continue. You got me discombobulated. I don't, okay, I don't now, Katie, to Katie Curtin. I don't want to continue. Katie Curtin, ten-year-old girl, comes in for, to buy a notepad <clears throat> before school. She needs. She leaves her house in search of a notepad for school. Okay. She goes to Tobin's general store. Mister Tobin says, "I ain't got none." Go try the Pomeroy store. So she runs down there. Now, as she walks in, um, this little bastard, he lays his one googly eye upon her and yeah. uh, decides right then, yeah, he's, you know, ooh, look what we got here. Now, Jesse says he's only got one notebook left. Jesse's in, well, and Jesse's in the store with his cousin, Rudolph Kaur. Rudolph. And he sends Rudolph. It's not with his girlfriend. Yeah, he sends Rudolph he's out of the store to yeah, go yeah, get yeah. something. Later, Rudy. <laughs> yeah. Now, he says, I got one notebook, but it's got a little ink spot on the cover, but I'll give it, I'll let you have it for two cents less. Hey, it's a and, bargain. Uh, yeah, what a deal. I guess. Did you know the type one stool is separate hard lumps? They're like nuts and hard to pass. That's from the uh, Bristol Stool chart uh, available on WebMD. There's uh, actually seven different types of uh, stool. I was I was unaware of that. To me, I just thought there was one type, and that was a stinky poo. <laughs> Please continue, Colonel. God. I cannot continue. I do not know where I was at. <laughs> you were talking. She came in to buy the notebook. Oh, she came in to buy Katie, the notebook. Katie uh, Curry. Yeah, Katie uh, Curry. Yeah, we got we got bigger problems right now. What's a bigger problem? Well, while you're while you're concerned with your bigger problem, let me say it. Type two stool is saucy shape, but you, lumping. What are you looking for? While type three Stop. Is, is, is saucy shape with cracks on the surface. You know what? I got kids. Too much of my life revolves around poop. Can we not on the surface? Can we not? 
All right, but if we would, I would just say that number type number four is sausage or snake-like, smooth and soft. Is there is there a perfect stool? I've always well, it, it, there really is not a perfect stool. It's it, it's all according to the individual. Now you might have a type five with it, which is soft blobs with clear uh, cut edges. They're very it's very easy to pass. Or a type six with fluffy pieces with ragged edges and they're mushy. Oh. And then finally, we have number seven, which is watery, no solid pieces. It's entirely liquid. Oh, that don't sound like it. It passed right through a screen door. Yeah. So, God. Okay. This, uh, thank God we got that all This medical up. moment has been brought to you by Timmy. <laughs> right. Timmy's Poo Corner. In short. Yeah. Well, just, I'm just going to say, if you, if, you, <clears throat> if you want more information, go to WebMD. It's called the Bristol Stool Chart. So, Colonel, uh, none of these... Have uh, none of these normal <laughs> stools have blood in them? So if you, okay, if you well, have the bloody stool, if you have the bloody stool, listeners, get some more fiber, drink some more water, well, do whatever you need. Also, to have do. a colonoscopy, Colonel. Because a, you, okay, tell me, I'll, I'll have a, I'll have a, I'll have a goddamn brain scan if you just let me get back on my goddamn subject. <laughs> Please continue, Colonel. <laughs> so, for, for the love of Pete, can you just get on with <laughs> yeah. it? Back to <clears throat> Jesse Pomeroy, the boy fiend. The boy fiend. Okay, so we got the googly-eyed hair lip boy here. Katie walks into his store. He's working there with Rudolph Core, and he sends Rudolph off on an errand so he can be alone with Katie. And he tells Katie he's got a notebook there for her, but it's got a little ink on the cover, and he'll give it to her for a two-cent discount. Got a notebook. I got a notebook yeah, for you, little girl. Yeah, come downstairs. Come I got down. a little notebook for you. He says, yeah, but you know what? What if it was a spiral notebook? I, I like spiral notebooks. Yeah, I, uh, I do too. He says there's a store downstairs. There might be some down there. Hidden's downstairs. Let's go look. So now Katie, being, you know, 10 years old and not suspicious of a well, milky eye. Yeah, she's. She, yeah. She's trusting. Whatever. Goes down with him. Goes and down, he's goes like, downstairs. Nim, 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 nim. You might be him, nim, nim. <sighs> and uh, anyway, so Katie goes down there. Let's now see. they reach the bottom. She takes a couple steps into the cellar before she realized she had been tricked. Oh, that bastard. But by then, it was far too late for the young lady. He's a pretty smooth talker for a hair lip. <laughs> He was a pretty smooth talker for a head. I don't know if he was a smooth talker. He might have just been pointing shit. Ah, okay. Because, but anyway. Who's that? Who's that? <laughs> what, what was that? <laughs> what was that? Oh, my God. New thing. New thing. Well, anyway. What this, the hell? Now, <laughs> You know this is a bad <laughs> podcast when Brandy is above, is the one above a roof. I am appalled here. <laughs> We've got Timmy talking about do. Um, well, mine is more of a public service announcement for all those out there who are concerned about their stool. You you know, we don't we don't take enough time. You gotta stop and smell the stool <laughs> in life. You gotta you gotta check it out. Otherwise you end up with colon cancer. <laughs> I don't want to see any of our listeners, and especially you, Colonel. I'm concerned about you. Okay. I, I appreciate you being concerned about me. What because what you know really should be pre- worried about is me having a goddamn stroke. Well, I'm you know, I'm concerned about that too, Colonel. Let's just say you're well, you got certain, my blood pressure about two hundred of a of a one. You're just at a certain age where you've got to keep an eye on your You're stool. older than 
pants. You got <laughs> I, I keep an eye on my stool. Well, apparently you do. You got a chart right next to you. He's a stool watcher. You know what I'm going to? I'm going to watch him. I'm going to print this stool chart out and I'm going to put it in the men's room here. So I think you, you should put it on the history. So the people know you need to put it on the history. I'll put the today. link. I'll put the link out there so that everyone can check. No, out I think you should put the chart on there. Well, that's what I mean. I'll put a link. Uh, yeah. I'll put the chart, and then uh, everyone can kind of uh, self-identify. This is good. This thing is going to go. This thing's taking forever to get through. <laughs> and who, did you say it was Mary Ray? Mm-hmm. Who, Mary Ray. She said she liked our stories. No, I believe she said, I like them long. <laughs> I said, don't know what that meant. No, she said she liked it. She, our meant, she likes them long. Our podcast long. Leave her alone. Yeah, be nice to Mary Ray. I am being nice to her. Well, now, if you had long stool, you'd have number seven. No, you'd have number six. He's, he's got... He's I don't got, know what happened. He's obsessed with stool. I'm not. I'm just trying to tell you what kind of poop you should have. He clearly drank his lunch. Uh, there is <laughs> there is a Bristol school st- scale. What do you get when you step in it? It's also known as a Myers scale. It's called footstool. <laughs> <laughs> All right, please continue. I just want to point out. That I got no idea where I was even at. You've interrupted me. Then she went downstairs times. and realized she'd been tricked. Yeah, she went downstairs, realized she's been tricked. But by then, it's too late. Too late. Too late. Yeah, she was. She was. Uh, she was convinced to go downstairs by that smooth talking hero. <laughs> you know, I've. I think I got pregnant by one of those. <laughs> 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 it was kind of a novelty. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> it was kind of a novelty. Smooth talking hair lip. <laughs> Go ahead, Colonel. <laughs> Navy man. He was a ladies' man. Navy man. And then throws a passion. He says, Hang on, bitch. <laughs> What <laughs> Stop doing that. I, I cannot. I can't. I just can't with that. Look at all, bitch. <laughs> I just cannot. <laughs> okay. Boy, Danny. <laughs> Stop. I have a makeup today. You guys are fucking my stuff up. You did it. You did it. Okay, continue. This poor little girl. She's a poor little girl. <laughs> so we got the hair lip and the cute girl. Smooth talking hair lip. <laughs> With a white eye. Right. And a big head. You think this hand is big? Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, you knew what they said back north with big heads. <laughs> what the fuck? Anyway. Oh, for fuck's sake. Uh, oh. Sweet Jesus. Please handle yourself. in the basement. <laughs> and, uh, now, this comes from a confession from later on, okay? Yeah. Um, he gives a description of what he did to the poor girl. He said, I found her... Huh? No, don't, no. No, yeah. He said, I followed her. I put my arm around her neck, my hand over her mouth, and with my knife, cut her throat. Oh. Uh. Then I dragged her to behind the water closet, laying her head furthest up in the place, and put some stones and some ashes on the body. 
Yeah, I don't, now, think, again, I don't think he sexually molested her. Well, that's the point. Like, the no, confession didn't come for quite some time, and it left out several still, details. Okay, what, what were the details he left out? Her head had been completely severed. Oh, well, yeah, that would that is a clutch detail. The decomposition of her upper torso made it impossible to say what other wounds had been inflicted. Her dress, slip, and undergarments had been sliced open in the front. And the most disturbing thing was just a savage brutality. I, I don't think, he, yeah, I don't think he had time to molest her because, I mean, I think someone came in and... No, but he attacked her abdomen and genitalia. Yeah, he stabbed him. Now, when he'd finished with this, his brother came into the store and he just washed his hands and ran yeah. upstairs, went back to work as a... Well, not, not can hand lips whistle? And not very well. We're going to need something from you listeners. We don't know. So he went up there whistling, or trying to whistle Dixie, and uh, like nothing happened. Now, naturally, the girl's supposed to be back home by 8.30. Remember, she leaves early in the morning here. Right. She had to get <clears> home <throat> to take her uh, daughter, or take her sister to school. Yeah, and it was just unheard of for her to wander off like that. And, uh, and uh, so the mama runs out to the store to find out where she's at, and she goes to the Tobin's general store. And... Mr. Tobin says, I didn't have any notebooks I sent over to Pomeroy's, and that almost caused Miss Mary, her mother, to faint. Yeah, because, you know... Because she'd heard of Jesse Pomeroy, sure. and she just feared the worst. Now, uh, passing the police precinct on the way to the Pomeroy store on Broadway, Mary Curran stopped in and saw the precinct captain. The man reassured her that Jesse Pomeroy was not a threat to Katie Curran. And uh, she said, look, I understand he's co- he is completely rehabilitated in reform school. Yeah, that, that Besides, happens. he only bangs little boys. He never attacked a girl. I don't know that she ever said that. That's what the bang. captain said. He didn't say bang, but he did tell her that... He his, only hurt his, little boys. Yes, his, his M.O. was to hurt boys, which is kind of like, you know, you know could you still check it out? Yeah. Yeah, so they sent her on... They were very patronizing, sent her home, and uh, day passed... Word spread about the girl's disappearance, and Rudolph Kaur told Miss Curran that he'd seen Katie in the store. So she went back to the police, and she said, Look here now. The Kaur boy is a known, the, this is a policeman, mm-hmm. he's saying about the Kaur boy. It's like, Look here now. The Kaur boy is a known liar and a goat fucker. What? Yeah. I don't Apparently, think he, I don't that's a quote. Like to bang goats. Goat fucker is a quote. I don't think mm-hmm. he banged goats. It was in he, there. He cut it's off in capital letters. It must twist be the heads of canaries. And, uh, canary. But I will send Detective Adams over to the shop and look around. Don't worry, Miss Kern. Yeah, they kind of patronize so, Yeah, why are they so dismissive of her? Yeah. Well, Adams, this Detective Adams, goes to the Pomeroy store. Um, and he was met by a very unfriendly Ruth Pomeroy. Um, she knew nothing Ruth about Snowman. a body in the basement. You Ruth Ann Snowman. Nay, Ruth Ann Snowman. Yeah, but she was aware that the neighborhood was abuzz with gossip about Jesse. Now, she was mad a boy was being accused again, so she decided to let him search. Adam searched, but of course he didn't go down to the basement. He didn't find something. Now, a few weeks passed, and the police continue, but uh, nothing happened. Nothing you know when you attack uh, uh, when you attack ten or twelve little boys and you molest them and then you beat the shit out of them and then you torture them. 
That soils, soils your reputation. It sullies it your sullies reputation. It sullies you a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Well, they wrote her off as just being kidnapped. Well, okay. Now, so that's better? Yeah. Now, yeah, ironically, some, a few months right after this... Didn't they think there was some tension because she was Catholic? or It was a Catholic-Protestant. Well, it was a Catholic-Protestant marriage, which... And it's St. Patty's Day, so I'll tell a quick story. It's also John Wayne Gacy's birthday. Yeah. Hey. Yeah, we're not getting him a cake. Opa! <laughs> my they grandma... It's your birthday. My dear grandma was from, 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 from the green country. And, uh, she was a Protestant, and she believed that Protestant and Catholic she was a Protestant. marriages... <laughs> she may have been that, too. I don't judge my grandmother. Um, but did. anyway, she believed the Protestant and Catholic marriages were mixed marriages. Right. She was, to my grandmother, there was nothing, because being Protestant, being from Ireland, there was nothing more she could be than a Catholic. Yeah, it wasn't that long, really that long ago when that was a uh, point of contention. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and in Boston, you know, the, <coughs> right, we think of know. Boston as this Catholic, you know, but really at this time, Boston was a primarily Protestant town. Mm-hmm. So they didn't think too highly of the Catholics there. So they, you know... That was before Whitey Bulger. Right right before them. Yeah, because yeah, Whitey was about 200 years old. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, now the next event we have is April 19, 1874. The Millen family, Okay. they moved to Dorchester Street right so, across the street from the Curran family. So the little girl's never been found, right? Nope. And, and they, I, they write her off as being kidnapped. Yeah, because someone didn't someone report her getting in a buggy with a stranger. Mm-mm. I, I think I think someone reported her going with a stranger, and they just wrote it off as if she was kidnapped. Yeah, yeah. So then, okay. So now we have that was victim, murder victim number one, and now we've got this other murder victim. Right. Yeah, we got the Millen child. Mm-hmm. Four-year-old Horace Millen, who was described Horace, much like have a chance much like the name. Colonel, described as almost angelic in appearance. Nope, nobody's ever said that. He had dark brown eyes, which I don't have, bow-shaped lips, which I don't have, and shiny blind locks, like I don't have. I don't know why they would say we looked alike, but anyway, because nobody says he's a cute little angelic. Uh, his mother dressed him up really well. He was right. a baby, and uh, on his last day on earth, he was dressed especially cute, dressed <clears throat> like Spider-Man. Now Horace had a, had a sweet tooth, and on this early morning, he just, he got a got a couple pennies from his mama to spend at a nearby bakery. Along the way, he encountered an older, googly-eyed, hairlip boy. With a big head, who asked him where he was headed? Guess Why who that boy was. Why are people letting their kids go out? Well, remember, they don't know. Uh, a lot, most people don't know that he's still, he's he's been released. He wasn't supposed to be released until he was eighteen. Yeah. So they don't, you know, they didn't notify families in the area. It was less like now, where you would, you know, they would notify, or you can go on a sex offender website or whatever. They're not, you know, they don't. At this point, they don't know he's released. They think, for the most part, he's still. But I mean, away. even if they don't know he's released, I mean, these kids, some of these kids he's picking up are, you know, four. Right. I mean, they're just and they just, right. you know, he picked him up. He was walking down to the river. What? Well, yeah, I don't know. I guess maybe it was a different day and time, or people. It's a area where people just. I mean, we're talking about a very poor area, and so. 
maybe the you know maybe the parents 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 I don't know maybe they just wasn't taking care uh, keeping a close watch on the kids I don't know but you're right four years old you think you'd have some parental um, <clears throat> supervision well his mama dressed him up and sent him on his way and he had a cupcake see then I don't he remember makes... being able to go out in my neighborhood when I was four were you I don't remember being four. Oh. But, I mean, you know, I think I was a little older before I was allowed to cross the street and stuff, but... I I do not recall when I... I know I had to be home when the street lights came on. Yeah. Everybody remembers that. Um, Anyway... But, I mean, at four years old, you probably wasn't running or going to the bakery by yourself. We didn't have no bakery. I lived in a housing project. Oh. I know I wasn't going to no bakery. No. But, I mean, you know, if you had to go and get crack or something. Yeah, I mean, I might have been going rolling dice and playing dice with the kids or something. But, anyway. Please continue to come. So, they head off to the bakery together with Jesse. He hangs off, and he gets a small cake at the bakery, and he shares it with Jesse, who innocently suggested a trip to the nearby harbor. Now, Horta slipped his hand into Jesse's, and they set off. Now, a number of witnesses saw the two boys set off that day. And uh, two witnesses. The second witness out wandering near some remote railroad tracks in the marsh area south of the city remembered seeing two brothers come by. That was those two. She assumed they were brothers. Yeah. This was about 40 minutes after Jesse and Horace had left the bakery. Now, it was it was pretty unusual to see children out this far alone, so she remembered this, but she thought, well, the older boy looks to be responsible, so she didn't think nothing of it. Yeah, well, he's walking down the street holding his brother's <coughs> hand. I mean, holding his, they're holding hands, so she's thinking, you know, you would assume if you didn't know them that they're probably brothers or yeah. cousins or something. Now, Jesse decided the moment he laid his one googly eye on Horace that he was going to kill him. Now, after, now, and, you know, this is a messed up boy right here. Cause yeah, little, there's no reason. I mean, well, he gave him part of his cake, for fuck's sake. You don't share cake with somebody and then kill him. I mean, it's just, it's it's uncouth. It's impolite. It, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's undignified. So, anyway, <clears throat> um, they get past this, you know, familiar neighborhood. It probably depends on what kind. It's sponge cake, I can see. But if it was like a chocolate cake, now you shouldn't kill it. Well, I, I'm not it, big on sponge cake. You know, if it'd been red velvet cake, I bet he'd let him go. Oh yeah, he would. Yeah, there ain't nobody. You can't eat red velvet cake and be mad. No, well, it's impossible. It's impossible. Um, anyway, so they leave. Although it, it does affect your stool, <clears throat> they'll turn it red. Yeah. Yeah, then you got to go to the doctor, get a colonoscopy. Yeah. But they don't have red velvet cake stool on your chart there. No, they Do just. They? No, no, they just say red. Yeah, and for you, know, we got a lot of women that listen to this, they, and, and they we probably, don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah, they're probably not after this one, but um, so you probably are more familiar with this than I am. But um, I'm at the hardware store one day, Timmy. Yeah. And my little boy Logan, he's about five years old. Got to go to the bathroom, so we go in the bathroom, and uh, Logan has to. Uh, has to do a number two, Timmy. All right. <clears throat> so, Otherwise known as defecate. Defecate. And he, we used to call them, he, Logan was known for his uh, large, 
large uh, evacuations. I keep waiting for Brandy to step in, and she's just not doing it. She's playing Candy Crush. She's over on like 80, level 84. The problem is, after the whole stool conversation, I just don't know. You don't have nothing. It's got your rattle, don't. I don't know. I don't know what to do. So I, you know. Well, we're back on stool. So Logan drops. No, I don't. No, no. This bright. Get off no, of no this. ask me to tell me no. this if this ever happened to you because I it, it terrified me. No. I ran out to the back. My son Logan drops this thing. It's bright. It's it's about damn near as big as a is a no kielbasa. And it's bright, bright red. Because I've been eating beets. Yes. Yeah. I got so damn scared. I ran. I told Logan sit right where he was at. Ran out into the hardware store. Man, my wife come into the bathroom. Look at this. And she just looked at me and said, well, he's been eating beets. Yeah. I did not know that that could happen. I don't want to talk about poop anymore. Too much of my life revolves around poop. Well, I'm just saying. So I'm anyway. Just saying. Jesse suggests they head to the harbor to see the steamship dock there. Um, and then all of a sudden, the feeling, you know, Jesse gets that feeling again. And the two boys stopped in a march, which afforded them some privacy. Horace sat down. Jesse took out his pocket knife. Same one that he killed Kate Kern with. Okay. Mm-hmm. And just went into a rage and grabbed Horace and slashed the boy's throat. Oh. Now, there's a bunch of blood, but Horace is still alive. Now, Horace is a tough little son of a bitch. He's fighting back tooth and nail. Jesse went berserk. He's still stabbing the shit out of him. Horace ain't dying, and he's fighting back. He's you pissed know? off over <clears> his <throat> cake. Yeah, but a you know, wounded four-year-old, he ain't uh, he ain't never just throw over. He ain't much match for a psychopathic no. teenager with a hair lip and a googly eye and a big head and a knife. Right. So, uh, Who is, though, really? Well, yeah, that's true. That's true. So, anyway, um, Horace finally gets, or not Horace, but Jesse finally manages to slice through Horace's windpipe. So, that puts it into Uh, that fight. But Jesse wasn't finished. He continued to hack at the body, especially the genital area. Man, he's big on the genitals. What's he got against the genitals? He loves the little pee-pees. He loves to stab him a pee-pee. I don't know what it is with the boy. I don't know either, but uh, he's got got issues with the dick. He he ran one through his eye. Um, Corner said that he uh, had no less than 18 wounds in his chest. Mm -hmm. And Jesse also attempted to castrate the boy, mutilating his scrotum. Now, you think 18 wounds to the chest... Again, thinking. I could take four. 18 moves yeah, to the Yeah, I think I four. It's a tiny little. Yeah, four year Yeah. So, I mean, that is brutal. Yeah, see, I think there should be a special kind of penalty for a scrotum mutilator. You know what I mean? Well, uh, yeah, uh, huh? How you just throw things on the floor? You should. Uh, you know I'm what? There should be scrotum laws. There should be. There should be scrotum protection. There laws. should be S S S P L because because white men don't get enough protection under the no, law. No, we're just saying uh, that scrotums don't. Scrotums are very sensitive. They're sacred. Yeah, they're sacred and they're very mm-hmm. they're very sensitive. Women go yeah. around saying, "Oh, kick him in the balls." They don't know what that means. Yeah, no, they don't understand the gravity of yeah. being kicked in the chestnuts. Well, yeah. then you have, you know, and. 
Usually but that was the only time. It's <laughs> like, like nothing. But Kick the only the time balls. generally you get kicked in the balls is if you are attacking or aggravating somebody that you don't know. You say that to us all the time. Yeah. I never said kick you in the balls. <laughs> you said to me the you other day in the elevator you would that. crush my balls like walnuts. I did not say and that. And you said to you. you would do it for fun. I did not say that to you. You said I just crush because men's some, balls for fun. Is this because some guys pay you to do that? Yeah, it doesn't mean that me and Timmy want right. it to happen all okay. to us all the time. Be all that as it may. CBT. That's what you're Don't. into. CBT. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do. You're a CBTer. <laughs> I believe that stands for what to me? <laughs> Cock and bull torture. Okay. Cock and bull torture? Ball, ball torture. Ball torture. Ball. Oh, okay. There we go. Okay, Cock I was going to say, the bull didn't okay. do nothing. Go ahead. <clears throat> Cock and ball torture. You're a CBTer. That's what you are. And he also had some deep gouges. And there, You know, <clears throat> all these women, all these Team Brandy, they're all cheering. Yay! <laughs> See, now, I, I just wanted for the record that, that Timmy's going... Timmy just turned on Team Brandy. I did not. Okay. I'm just saying they support her in her devilish ways of, tork, uh, of cock and ball, ball torture. You can't even say it. You are a ball. You are well, a ball I'm, breaker. I'm concerned, about, I'm concerned <clears throat> about bulls, too, because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a Bulls fan. Well, if you two would get better at ball tag, then I wouldn't have to do this to you. Well, but it ain't fair. It, it's not. And just because you get on back page and meet guys who like that sort of thing doesn't mean we all like it. She makes some extra money like that. Yeah, though. She I makes know. good money. But you know, I'm going to complain to Craigslist because it's really spam. I mean, how many? You don't need to post 15 times a day. <laughs> Go ahead, Colonel. Okay. Well, anyway, you got dead Fuck horse here. I see your ads in Casual Encounters. Horse. <laughs> I know your phone. Oh, number. it's anything but casual. <laughs> Horace is dead. All right, Horace yeah. dead. Poor Horace. Yeah, now, poor two brothers find Horace. The Millen brothers, the family been searching for Horace. They described his son, blah, blah, blah. Let's go on. Well, when they finally find Horace's body, they realize that this is just the work of a madman. A what? Work of a madman. All right. Okay. Um, the police issued a bulletin to all stations to help identify the victim. It didn't take the South Boston precinct long to wire back for more details, and shortly after 9, a police officer was dispatched to the Millen home with awful news. Now they show, yeah, okay. <clears throat> said, does this look like your boy screwed him? And no, what? No, horse. But they had one logical suspect, because remember, people saw him walking hand in hand. They were looking for a googly-eyed, big-headed kid. And how many of those could there be? With a well, hair Boston, lip it's and hard a to say. white eye. Well, they didn't know. No, the googly eye they got. Uh-huh. They, the hair lip, I'm not sure they got because he probably didn't say. Hot Monday morning to you, man. Or something like that. Yeah. Ladies, man. God. <laughs> He's a ladies, man. Okay. Well, this crime fit Jesse's signature perfectly. The only problem... Newspaper men and police authorities thought was it just Jesse Pomeroy was safely locked away at Westboro Reformatory. Oh, now that would be a good alibi. Little did they know. Little did. Yeah. They know. So was it possible that there was another fiend around? Fiend. Well, the answer came quickly when the Boston chief of detectives reported that Jesse Pomeroy had been released on parole. Mm-hmm. 
Now, once his home was located, they were ordered to pick up the googly-eyed little bastard. So they found him at home, uh, masturbating, actually. <laughs> and um, no, they didn't know. No, he actually had, he was like, doing the left hand. That's how they find you at home. I wrote the script. I know they didn't say That's how they find you at home. If they don't knock. <laughs> if they want to be rude and come yeah. in. So I wonder if there's a hair lip fetish. You think there's a hair lip? Uh, I'm like sure there is. Hair lip there's tube. A, there's a fetish. I, I'm for sure everything. it goes down to hair lips and midgets. Hair lip midgets. I mean, yeah. you get, there's a fetish for everything. Yeah. Especially that do you seem to be so do do you be, seem to be so fascinated yeah. with? Yeah. I think you That's think he's concerning. doing that Japanese stuff. I am not into scat. I'm anti scat. Apparently not. You spent half this program talking about well, it. I'm trying to educate you on your colon cancer. Well, I appreciate the public service announcement. <laughs> that buddy's too um, checked out, Colonel. We so, don't want to lose you. Where had he been all day? Who? So anyway, they grabbed they grabbed Jesse, and actually they grabbed him by the head. Um, took six officers to get their hands around his head. They did but, not. Uh, they did not. They're making that up. Okay, and then they pepper sprayed him. They did not. They didn't tase him. They didn't pepper spray him. They should have tased him in the face. Oh, no, they peppered him with questions. I'm sorry. Didn't pepper spray him. Peppered him with questions. Where you been all day? Did you know Horace? How'd you get those fresh scratch marks on your face? Is that icing on your forehead? Um, Whose scrotum do you have in your pocket? Whose scrotum do you have in your pocket? Yeah. Um, Where did this scrotum come from? Let me see your scrotum. So Jesse stood up to the barrage for a while, denying any knowledge of it. Jesse? Yeah. I don't know. I ain't got there yet. <laughs> what did Evelyn Dick say? I, I don't, don't look at me. Don't look at me. Don't I look at me. I don't know. I ain't got. Well, he didn't say. He said, no, 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 no. You always go after the waterhead when this stuff comes out. Well, you got to be a waterhead boy. Yeah. Well, you got to be a waterhead. So anyway. I don't know why I'm out here. The story can tell. Bare lip lives matter. H L M. H L M. Hashtag H L M. Yes. So anyway, <coughs> officers are grilling the shit off. Uh, Jesse, you know, they strip Jesse down, and on the front of his shirt, they find a reddish brown stain about the size of a thumbprint. Police confiscate the evidence. Okay. Finally, mm-hmm. they did something right. Jesse hesitated when they asked if he owned the knife, but then admitted he had one at home. A sergeant was dispatched to the house, re- returned a short time later. It was a three-inch blade clogged with dirt, and there appeared to be dry blood on the handle. As I guess that one they found at OJ's house. It might have been. As the coroner left with the weapon to see if it fit Horace's wounds, Jesse was taken to a cell. Where he was promptly raped by other cellmates. No, it didn't. Know. But he should have been. Well, he promptly fell into a police peaceful slumber. But in the, if there's a happy ending to this, he would have got. Yeah, I mean, you're right about that. He did just fall asleep. They took him in the. Yeah, just fell right to sleep. Yeah, because he's guilty. Mm-hmm. So he slept good at night. Then now the next morning, the detectives uh, they set out um, looking for Jesse's boots and horse's shoes. The place the boys at the crime scene and other places leading to it. Now, Horace's footprints could be found on the on the swale there, and a meandering trail of prints, one large, one small, led backward to the railroad tracks. So, what, employing what would eventually be standard police procedures, 
They tracked the prints to a place called McKay's Wharfs where they used plaster of Paris from a bricklayer's shop to make casts of the prints. That's the early CSI. Mm-hmm. Look at that. They and must the have plaster cast. CSI Boston. They must have watched CSI. Yeah, who typed this on bitch? The plastic cast. Just read it. Just read it. The plaster casts match Jesse Pomeroy's shoes. All right. So they bring the evidence back. Now, Jesse, they got him. They got him. Now, displaying a sociopath's typical cool demeanor in such a situation, Jesse just continued to deny his involvement. Inspector Dyer told him that they could link him to the crime scene, suggested that if Jesse was innocent, he would not object going to the funeral parlor to view Horace's body. Jesse hesitated and said he didn't want to go. No matter, Dyer said. Told Detective Wood, take him down to the Undertaker's. Now, confronted with the evil fruits of his crime, Jesse broke down and admitted to killing Horace. Like a little bitch. Mm-hmm. Then, his next statements to the police indicate that he had no concept of how serious an offense he had committed was. He said, I'm sorry I did it. Please don't tell my mama. Yeah. But how would he say it, Colonel? I know I thought I did it. Don't tell my mama. Yeah, my mama. Yeah, you know, it, it's weird because he, he's not even thinking about going back to prison, about being hanged. It's, don't tell my mom. Well, his mama was a hard-ass bitch. Yeah, she uh, Ruth Ann Snowman. Yeah. She's rough. Yeah. Rough and tumble. So, anyway, um, now, it had been a little more than a month since Jesse's arrest when it became clear that the Pomeroys <clears throat> would have to shut down the store because nobody was going in there buying nothing from them. Yeah, that seemed, that would hurt business, I would think. Yeah, so vacating the building across Broadway from their home, Ruth and her son continued trying to get out, eke out a living with very little success. Ruth was way too ugly to be a hooker, even though she tried. We don't know that. Don't don't say that. She's in, probably was a nice lady trying to do the best she could. She wasn't a nice lady. She was a single mom trying to raise two kids. She didn't beat him. It was the uh, husband yes. beating. So she let it go on. Well, true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Plus, she was a snowman. So anyway. <clears throat> It's not necessarily a bad thing. Here's where, here's where, unfortunately for them, the co-tenant in the building across the street was enjoying great success and decided to expand. And to do so meant that the basement of Ruth Pomeroy's former shop had to be refurbished. Uh-oh. But it didn't take long for workmen to find the remains of Katie oh, Curran. right. Now foul with the odor of decay. Now, whether it was due to the workmen's shovels or Jesse's rage is unknown, but Katie's head was severed. But they believe that he cut it off. Right. Her torso is all mangled up, so, you know, everybody need, knew who and, committed that atrocity. Well, and the question is, what did mom and brother Charles know about it? I mean, they, they're, exactly. living in, they're living in that house. Yeah, it's got to be stinky. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so they take the mom and the son into custody as accessories to the murder. One was a necklace and one was a pair of earrings. Yeah. And, uh, but they use, they use that as to pressure. Well, and, and they were worried, the police were worried about vigilante justice. They were worried that they were going to come and, uh, you know, mess up the family because of what Jesse did. <clears throat> now, when they tell Jesse about this discovery, he, uh, he's the, what did he say? Now, I don't know anything about it. So he denied. Don't look at me. He denied. Don't look, look at me. Don't look at me. 
Now, they gave him two, a couple of days to think it over, and he, Jesse finally confessed, and he gave him great detail. Well, and he confessed because <clears throat> they told him that if if they they put pressure on him by saying— Yeah, they were going to convict the mom and yeah, the brother. They, they were going, yeah, they were going to go after mom and brother. So anyway, when he was asked why he killed the girl, mm-hmm. he said, I don't know. I just wanted to see how she would act. And they were like, see how she would act? What the hell does that mean? He said, well— one time I just shot a man in Reno just to watch him die. I, I did that once. I don't think he said that at all. He could have. No. So anyway, there was a great debate as to whether Jesse should hang for this crime. First, there was the issue of his age, 16 at the time of the trial. <clears throat> then there was some question about his sanity. Now, in 19th century America... There's question about that. Capital punishment in 19th century America was very much like capital punishment in Texas and Florida. Swift and uh, swift with little thought given beforehand. Right. So, but the big the the you didn't typically last a year from sentencing to execution. Right. It was swift. But for a teen like Jesse, he was only fourteen. There was a lot of arguments about carrying out this punishment. So anyway, there was uh, Massachusetts had never executed somebody so so young before. Mm-hmm. He was like 16 at the time. And 14 when he committed the crimes. Right. Now, equally strong were the cries for justice for Horace and, you know, little Katie. So, in the end, he was sentenced to life in prison. And he also spent 41 years in solitary confinement. Man. Yeah, so. I mean, that's, I mean, I, I know he did a lot of bad things, but that's almost cruel and unusual, 41 years in solitary confinement. Yeah, well, you know what? It ain't as bad as the colonel justice would be. True. Well, I don't know. I think I'd almost rather be executed and spend... No, you know what? The colonel would tie him up to a post, put some uh, honey on his scrotum, Uh, let some fire ants loose, uh, keep him out in the sun for five, six days. I mean, you have to realize he went basically went through that kind of torture with his dad, so... No, that's probably true. And, uh... And and this is where I get confused because he turned into he was allowed access to reading material and he was a voracious reader. Um, he could write in several languages, but having no one to converse with, he could speak only English and he could only do that. And yeah, only people he saw were guards, right? They'd yeah, bring him his food and leave. That was it. That was it. He was in his cell twenty four hours a day. And now, he could only speak Harlep English. <laughs> Harlep and the one English. thing that you we didn't get into is his sentence took almost two years because they really didn't know what to do with him. Yeah. They sentenced him originally to hang, and then the governor got involved, and right. the, the governor got a committee involved, and the committee got a people's uh, kind of a, a, a people's committee involved. I mean, it, it, was, it was crazy. For like two years, and finally they just sentenced him to life imprisonment. And like you said, the first 41 years of that imprisonment was in solitary confinement. Now, he did try to escape. He, was, he did try to escape. And one time, he even stopped up the gas line leading to his cell, hoping to blow the door off its hinges. Oh, that's... Now, some people claim this, this was a suicide escape. And uh, one time, he even got out of his cell. The only people he ever saw were guards. Um, when he died, he had received no visitors in his entire time he was there. Well, no, except for his mother. His mother visited him until he, she died. Yeah. And Other than that, yeah. Other than that, that was the only person that visited him. And 
he was eventually released to the general population after like uh, 41 years. I think he ended yeah. up serving 58 years in prison. 58 years in prison, 41 in uh, solitary confinement. Solitary confinement. And when he went to sol- when he got to the general population, he thought he was going to be a celebrity because of his notoriety of his crime. Yeah. Nobody but, knew who the hell he was. But yeah, no one knew who he was. Yeah, because it had been forty years, and no one, no one just they didn't know him. He's walking around like, where my peeps at? Where my yeah. peeps at? Yeah, good like, lord. Yeah. So and you know it's hard to join a prison gang when you when you had up with a big head. Yeah. And a Google eye. I would think so. Yeah. You know what bring, I mean? You don't bring much to the table. You don't. And uh, at fifty eight prison after fifty eight years in prison prison. Jesse Pomeroy died of natural causes. He was dismissed in the press as the most friendless man in the world and well, a psychopath. He, well, you know, murdering two people, molesting a dozen others. That we know of. And spending 41 years in solitary confinement, that'll cut down on your friendships. Well, 41 years in solitary confinement, yes. Plus being a hair lip with a big head. And a googly eye. Yeah. So... That's, he needed. He got right. cremated. His ashes were scattered to the four winds. Four winds. Well, that was his last request: is that his ashes be scattered to the four winds? And thus is the end of our story. Another life lesson. Uh, Brandy, what did you learn today? I learned that there's seven kinds of poo myself. <laughs> well, let's see. You learned something. And Brandy, what did you learn today? I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know. I learned that you drink your lunch. Do you have any final thoughts on Jesse Pomeroy, the boy fiend? Uh, as I stated on Facebook, I am now taking applications for lady maids. Oh, you are. I oh, you am. are. Now, what? Now, I, I need find a lady that maid. A discriminatory. Discriminatory. Well, what does a lady maid do exactly? Well. I, I don't know. I'm watching Downton Abbey, mm-hmm. and they're very sophisticated, and they all have lady maids. And you don't have one. I don't, <laughs> and I need one. Now, I see, need I a king's hand. Know, the colonel been watching The Wire, and I decided I need me a runner. You do need a runner. You need one, dog. I need me I need me a runner, dog. I need a lady maid, and they will take care of my stuff. I got stuff, and they it needs to be taken care of. And they are help they me like, get dressed, and they do my hair. Are they like personal assistants? Yes. I bet. They're a lot like You could get Bobby Trendy. I could. He counts as a lady maid. Yeah. I think I could get him. Do they wash your lady parts? No. No, I can wash my own parts. Thank you. Huh. Just ask him. Because I'd like to get a lady maid to wash my man parts. No. Okay, uh, Colonel, any final thoughts on Jesse, the boy fiend Pomeroy? N- uh, no, Screw if anybody's, a, you know, if anybody's a fiend, Timmy, you, you, you've you been fiendish all day. Would you agree with me, Devil? And we don't agree on much, would. but something's wrong with the boy today. Okay. Uh, oh, he doesn't want to talk about it. Yeah, no, all, now all of a sudden now he's in he rush to get this. We're going to wrap this up because this yeah. is becoming mm-hmm. the gone with the wind. Brandy. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Brandy, where can people find us? Uh, they can find us on the iTunes. We're on the iTunes. Please leave us a review. We got a nice review, by the way. Uh, just yesterday, I didn't tell you guys about it. We got five stars. It was cool. very nice. The guy said, we're very addicting. Uh, yeah. So is crack. The iTunes and... So is crack, yes. <laughs> Not good for you. No. iTunes, we're on... Stitcher. Yes. And we're on Facebook. 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 The Facebook. Facebook. And Twitter. Twitter. At History 
at History Dweebs One. Yes. Please join us on Twitter. We're trying to we're trying to grow our membership on Twitter. So please, History Dweebs One, join us, follow us, and uh, we don't we don't post a lot there, so we're not like going to flood your. Um, you know, no, feed. we'll flood your Facebook feed, though. No, we will. Pl- now, Facebook, we do post a lot, but we will not flood your Twitter feed. But please join us there because we're we're trying to build up our membership there. So, uh, Facebook, we're on the uh, History Dweebs Facebook page. We have the History D- where we post a lot of stuff about history. We have the History Dweebs podcast page where you are free to podcast, po- uh, post any kind of crap you want. Ah, and um, we are going to be. You can find us. Apparently, you know, Donald Trump d- dropped out of the one debate and they canceled the whole debate. Yeah. Um, so they're going to, we're, we're going up there and we're going to debate each other. You and Scott. Me and Scotty J, we're going to debate mm-hmm. about the Civil War mm-hmm. and uh, World War Two. God, that sounds wretched. We're really going to discuss whether, we're, uh, we're going to discuss World War Two primarily whether Hitler should have invaded Russia when he did. Okay, yeah, that's a it's real, gonna, it's gonna that's be a real controversial there. It's a page turner. Uh, okay, so thank you all for joining us, and we'll see you all again next time on History Dweebs. Good day, people. Bye. Say goodbye, Brandy. I did. I said bye. Bye-bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.